morning. Come on, somebody. Woo! Come on, man. I am so pumped to bring this word today. If you're taking notes, and uh, we always encourage you to do so, if you're online on our online campus today because you're traveling or anything like that, we encourage you to take notes right where you are today as well. But if you're in the room and you're taking notes on your iPad or your phone or anything like that, I encourage you to title the message this, I will decide. Why don't you look at somebody real quick and just tell them, I will decide. Come on, I will decide. Listen, here's the truth. I don't know about you, but I'm tired of hearing people and myself go through life and just say, I hope one day this will happen. You ever hear that? Like, like every year, as a Gamecocks fan, <clears throat> I hope we win more than three games. You know what I'm saying? I hope we do some, something decent to make me cheer. Um, no, uh, we, we say, I hope, I hope this, I hope that, I'd like to do this, I'd like to do that. I think it's time that we stop hoping and wishing and we start declaring that something's actually going to take place in our life within the next year. There's something that happens, Pastor Travis alluded to it in the opening, there's something that happens when we turn an intention to a declaration. There's something that happens in our brain, and so I, I, I'm excited to go over the next six weeks of I will statements with you. It's going to be life-changing. God's going to move in your life and do some amazing things. As you're taking those notes, we're, we're going to start in Proverbs chapter 29, verse 18, here in just a little while is the, is the very uh, opening scripture that we're going to be with. I want to encourage you real quick, right at the very beginning to grab as many invite cards off the seats as you can. I've been hearing all week about people that are inviting their friends, their family, their strangers, people they don't know, people they do know, to come and join us at Radiate Church. We want you to give these cards out and invite people to life change right here at Radiate Church because we're excited about what God's doing here, and um, we want as many people as possible to be a part of that. You know, I went to a, a small college in Franklin Springs, Georgia. Uh, I went to, to Emmanuel College up there. And we had a little student activity center up there that had these, uh, these little places that had racquetball, it had uh, a pool table. It was small then, it's massive now. Uh, just one little, little pool that you couldn't go swimming with females. Couldn't go swimming. Females were every other day. It was like Monday, Wednesday, Friday, and then Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday was males, and um, that was terrible. And... There were certain things that you could do and couldn't do, but they had a dartboard in there. One of the things that I enjoyed doing, if I could hold on to them, was I'd go up there by myself, and I'd just go in there, and I'd start playing dart. That was close. That was close. I need to sign up for ESPN right now. And I'd go up there, and I'd just start playing dart. Oh, what? you got to be kidding me. Praise of the bullseye. Bullseye. Close your Bibles. We're going home right now. Woo! Bullseye. Hey, what camera am I on? Hope. Hope, wherever, here, right here, I'll do it this way. Hope, we talked about it in the, in the pre, pre-service planning. There you go. Man, she's in the back. Hope does a great job with our production. That's awesome. All right, so anyway, so I just go in there, and I never hit a bullseye until now, and I throw darts. I love playing darts. I don't know why, because I'm not even good at it. I'm getting really close right now, though. Uh, I'm not very good at it, but I love playing darts. And one of the things about darts is I'd always ask people, that seem to always beat me. Like, what do I need to do different? How do I need to play different? You know what they always tell me? And it was dumb. It was dumb. They said, you need to look at where you're throwing it. Where do you need to hit? If you need to hit the bullseye, guess what you need to do? Look at the bullseye. And I'm like, y'all, I'm looking at the bullseye. But I'm missing, until now, the bullseye. And I wouldn't hit the bullseye and all this other stuff. Here's what I think. 
I started thinking about this this week because I, I don't know why. I just get in these weird thought processes and I started thinking about darts. I think a lot of us play darts with our lives every single day. I really do. I think this is how we play darts, though. I think we just kind of wake up, and let's say that the dart is our, is our intention that day, right? Or maybe it's our action, or maybe it's our, our prayer life, or whatever it is that day, right? And we do this. We go, yeah, I hope that something happens. <laughs> y'all scared. What y'all scared of? Pastor Mark ain't even flint. Oh, yeah, he did. He moved. <laughs> we, look, <laughs> we look to the side, and we just throw, and just hope that we hit something. We throw our prayers against the wall, and God bless me today. And God's like, I did, I gave you life. You got breath in your lungs today. You got a car that you have the means to pay for. You're gonna stop by the gas station and buy gas and a bang energy drink and a Reese cup in just a minute, and you got money for that. You got a job, you got kids, you got a wife, you got a house, you got whatever you got. I blessed you, and God's like, I, and we're like, God bless me. He's like, I already did. I did, but what we're really meaning in that is we're meaning, God, I need a breakthrough in this area. I'm really struggling in, in my emotions. I'm really struggling at work. I'm really struggling with my marriage. I'm really struggling with my friendships. I'm really struggling with throwing darts at people that don't deserve it. I'm really struggling with hurting people's feelings. I'm really struggling with this. If we would just look at what we're trying to accomplish and stop just throwing things against the wall. You know, when I cook spaghetti... I always do this, and it's, I don't even know if it's true. But they say if you cook the noodles to the right like consistency that they're supposed to be, you could take the noodle, you throw it against the wall, and what's it do? Sticks, right? I don't know if that's true or not, but I do it. I, it is? Praise the Lord. I do it just because that's me, and I, do, I just do weird stuff. But the truth is, is like what we do a lot of times is we'll grab our life and we'll throw it and hope that it sticks, and whatever sticks, we go, oh, that must be of God! Can, can I tell you something? Sometimes you can take a dart of your life and you can throw it and it sticks, but it's in the wrong area. It, it make, because in darts, you get to a certain point and you got to get to that number. And if you go over that number, you bust and you got to come back down. Some of us are just throwing darts. We're not looking at where we're throwing them. We're just throwing them and we keep busting. And God's like, I need to bring you back down now. Because your character is not ready for the blessing. Are you with me? And, and, and what I want to talk to us about today is this thought, that maybe we need to stop just throwing stuff against the dartboard, and we really need to have some vision for where we're going. We really need to look at where we're supposed to go, because here, here's, the, here's your first shareable. Here's your first thing for today, your first one-liner. is it's, If you aim at nothing, you'll hit it every time. If you aim at nothing, you'll hit it every time. And then we wonder, God, why does my, my life feel so, so unfulfilled, so empty? Why am I so frustrated at this? Why am I? Because maybe we're just aiming at nothing. There's no real rhyme or reason to anything that we're doing. We're just doing something, hoping that maybe one day it all makes sense. And God's going, no, you're aiming at nothing. You're aiming at nothing, and you're hitting it every time. Congratulations. And then we lay down at night, and we feel, we feel lost and we feel forgotten, and we feel unheard, and unloved, and we wonder why, and it's because we're not really aiming at anything. See, here's, here's what the truth is, is God set us on this earth, 
You are not here. You need to hear this today. I don't care if you're 95 or nine. The truth is you are here on purpose. You are placed on this earth on purpose, for a purpose, with a purpose in your bones, in your spirit, in your heart, and there's nothing you can do. You can run from God, but his purpose is still there. You can turn your back on God, but he's still got purpose. You can walk away from God, but he's still got purpose. I'm here to tell you, I know that you've been through it. I know 2020's been tough. I know you feel like giving it away, but you need to hear me. You have purpose in your life. When God awakens it, it changes everything. You have purpose. You have purpose. And so therefore, because I have purpose, I have vision. I just need to know what the vision is. I need to know where I'm throwing the dart in my life. I, I love this quote by Helen Keller. Helen Keller was uh, uh, blind and, and she made this statement. I want you to really listen to it because it's strong. Maybe you've heard it, maybe you haven't. It's a really strong statement. And she said this. She said, the only thing worse than being blind is having sight but no vision. A blind person said, the only thing worse than being blind is having sight but no vision. What is she saying? She's saying, the only thing worse than not being able to physically see with my eyes is not being able to see with my mind or my spirit where I'm going in the future. What vision has God laid before you? What vision does God have for you? And that's why I love I will, because today some of us need to decide, I will decide today. I will decide what my life will be. I will decide that vision. I will decide who I'm gonna turn into be. What kind of man, what kind of woman, what kind of Christ follower I'm gonna be. I will decide, not I hope that maybe one day I hit a bullseye, but I mean I will decide, not intention, we can intend things all day long, but intention does nothing. Declaration turns something in our brains to go, that's what's going to happen. No matter what, I will decide today. Proverbs chapter 29, verse 18 says it like this. I, I love this, but the problem is, is we read this sometimes and we just put it in leadership. And we put it in, in church vision. And it's really for all of us. Because the context around verse 18 is instruction and wisdom for the Christian life. Not for the pastor, not for the leader, but for the Christian life, for every single person that follows Jesus. It says this, it says, where there is no vision, what? The people are unrestrained. Another version says people perish, they die. The people are unrestrained. Watch this, but happy is he who keeps the law. I wanna, I wanna break down this verse real quick today. Where there is no vision, what is vision? Vision is a desired outcome of something. Vision is the forward-thinking outcome. I, here's one of the things that I'm afraid of in 2020, that if we don't catch it, we'll live this way for the rest of our lives. And it's this, that 2020 taught us to live short-term instead of long-term. To think short-term, how do I survive this moment? How do I get through this day? How do I, and some of us, that's just been our reality. We lost our jobs. We can't find toilet paper. <laughs> Whatever it is, right? Short term. But the truth is, is God is not a short term God. It says, he said, I am the same yesterday, today, and forever. That means he is a long term God from eternity to eternity, not from today, not from 12 to 12. You with me? So we can't live short term. So what is vision? Vision is the long term thinking of a desired outcome. So it says where there is no desired outcome of a long-term thinking, where that doesn't happen, then people are unrestrained. Let me, let me give you a leadership thought that I think we need to apply to our lives. The systems that you currently have in your life 
are perfectly designed to get you the exact results you're currently getting. Here's what a system is. You're like, systems? What, what is a system? Like, what does that have to do with my life? Your system is, how do I budget my money? How do I treat my spouse? What is my consistent way that I live my life when I get off work? How do I parent my kids? How do I eat? How do I take care of my stuff and steward the things that God has given me? How do I do all those things? Those are systems. Systems are the how. Systems are the way something takes place. The problem is, is many of us are frustrated with the outcome, but we won't change the system. I can't complain about the, 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 the marriage that I've got when the system that I, I live within as a husband is the same it's always been. Are you with me? I can't complain about, see, if, if I got vision that I need to get out of debt, guess what the system means? I got to stop spending so much that gum money. Right? Or the system, the, design, the vision I have is to be a better spouse. Well, then I need to change the system that I live in. Maybe I need to quit being so selfish as a, as a husband. The systems that I currently live out are perfectly designed to get me the exact results that I'm getting right now. Here's why vision is so important to the systems, because vision gives us the parameters, the direction, and the steps of how to get to the desired outcome. So where it says, where there is no vision, here's what he's saying, where there is no desired outcome, you do whatever you want to do. It doesn't matter. You go spend all your money at Starbucks. You go to Target and you hit that dollar bin for $75. You go, right? Where there is no vision to have a, a godly marriage, you just go and do whatever you want to do. It doesn't matter what you look at, what you say, who you stare at at the gym, what you listen to. Come on, let's get real with this thing. Vision, vision matters. So I want to ask you this, what, are, what is the vision in your life? Like, some of, I'm not saying, what is the vision? Like, I just need to pay my bills. No, that's not vision. That's survival. I'm talking about thriving. I'm talking about owning the earth. See, the Bible tells me that the gates of hell will not prevail against the church. The church is you and me, the people, the individuals that make up the body of Christ. That is the church. So whenever the Bible tells me that the gates of hell can't prevail, that's a vision that I'm going to be powerful and I don't have to be taken over by the dollar. I don't have to be taken over by anything else in my life because God is stronger, bigger. There is no other name other than the name of Jesus. There is power in his name. There is hope in his name. He is God. God with us, Emmanuel. And I need you to hear that vision matters in your life. Not just business owners, not just pastors, not just leaders at Radiate Church. I'm talking about in your life individually. Who are you going to be in 2021? What are you going to leave behind in 2020? What are you going to become in this life? Vision matters. What is your vision? Do you want to be debt free? Do you want to do you want to be more generous? In 2021, do you want to give more money away than you did in 2020? Do you, do you want to join a team? Because hear me, I, I want you to hear this. This is, I probably don't say this enough, if I'm going to be quite honest. But if all we do is show up and sit in church, can I tell you, that's only 25% of what we can experience through the body of Christ. Showing up and, and, and attending is great and that's powerful and we need to. But joining a team, joining a life group, doing outreaches together, doing life together, that is the other 75% that Christ intended for us to get involved with. Join a team. What if we need to join a team? What, is that? what if that's our vision, right? What if your vision is to get a promotion at work? What if our vision is to be more loving or to draw closer to God or maybe to get in shape? 
Because I, I believe our bodies are a temple of the Holy Spirit. We probably need to take care of those too. You know what I'm saying? Like, what is our vision? And then it says, where there is no vision, the people are unrestrained. I've already kind of alluded to this, but where there's no vision, anything goes. We hate, as humans, we hate the part of the Bible that teaches us and tells us what we can't do. As humans, we just want to be free. I can do whatever I want to do. I can say what I want. I can act who I, how I want. I don't have to honor you. I don't have to love you. I can say this. I can say that. After all, I just am who I am. We, as Americans especially, but as humans, we hate that part of the Bible. Why? Because God gives us restraints in the Bible. Watch. Because he has vision for your life. That's why he says, don't let un un unholy or unhealthy talk come out of your mouth. It's not because he's going, you just need to quit talking so much. Some of us do. Let's just be real. Some of us just need to go ahead and click log off on Facebook and never open it back up again. Okay. Praise God. That right there. Have an altar call. No. No. He tells us that because he wants us to be the hands and the feet of Christ. Some of us, he teaches us in the Bible how to han handle our money. We hate when pastors and churches talk about money. Target can tell me how to spend my money, but uh, man, the people of God better not. I'm going to tell you what, Capital One, you tell me what to do with the money that I don't even have that I'm going to have to pay you extra for. But God, don't you dare tell me how to spend my money. And God's given us parameters because he goes, I got vision for your life. And we don't like parameters around our life because maybe we don't have enough vision. Our goal is just to make it. Our goal is just to get there. Where there is no vision, there is unrestraint. Because here's the truth, watch this. The, God's outcome for our life is more important than our comfort. God's outcome for our life is more important than comfort. Let me give you this thought. Significant accomplishment. It's going to come up on the screen. Significant accomplishment requires significant sacrifice. Do you want to accomplish anything? See, a couple weeks ago, I asked you, I said, who wants to accomplish great things in here? Hands went all over the room, all over. Everybody, just raise their hands. You know why? Because we all want to be a part of something bigger. There's not one person in this room that is not innately wired on the inside of you from God himself to be a part of something bigger. The problem is, is we want to be a part of something bigger without giving up something comfortable. Don't you dare ask me to give up my Starbucks. Don't you dare ask me to treat this person this way. No, forgiveness is out of the question. That's the big F word in my house. Whatever it is, it doesn't matter. Significant accomplishment requires, doesn't suggest, doesn't hope for, doesn't wish for, requires significant sacrifice. No one that's ever accomplished anything in the Bible ever went without giving significant sacrifice in the process. Not one person. God, help draw me closer to you, but don't you dare ask me to get out of the bottle. God, draw me closer to you. Let me hear your word, but don't you dare ask me to love my wife the way that you love me. God, help me draw closer to you, but don't you dare ask me to spend more than 30 seconds in prayer only when I need you. Anybody in the room? See, what, what, what does it look like? What is the vision? What are the restraints? What is God asking us to do? 1 Corinthians chapter 6 and verse 12. I love what the Apostle Paul writes here. Dude, it is so challenging. It is so crazy because one time, a lot of times we read it, we look over it, but if we dig into it, 
There's challenge here. Watch this. 1 Corinthians chapter 6 and verse 12. He says this. All things. Somebody say all things. All things. All things are lawful for me, but not all things are profitable. All things are lawful for me, but I will not be mastered by anything. Dude, I love what Paul's saying here. I'm going to go ahead and tell you. Listen, as your pastor, I want to tell you this. You can do whatever you want to do. You can do anything you want to do. I can't stop you. I can't stop you from spending all your money. I can't stop you from looking at things on the internet that you shouldn't be looking at. I can't stop you from saying things you shouldn't say, thinking things you shouldn't think. I can't stop you from doing any of that. I can't stop none of it. I can't stop you from posting that post that you've been wanting to post. Can't stop it. You can do whatever you want to do. I'm going to give you freedom today. You can do anything you want to do. But Paul goes, but you better think about that. It's lawful. You can do it. But it's not going to profit you. It's not going to benefit you. Because if it doesn't fit the vision that God has for your life, it doesn't fit what God's asking you to do in your life, you can do it, but you may sabotage your vision. You can do it, but you may short circuit what I'm in the, what I'm in the works of doing. You can do it. I know, listen, do you know that this building was years in the works? And if I wouldn't have been obedient to God and tried to do the best I could with what I have, do you know what God would have said? You know what would have happened? I never would have been able to walk in this building. It was years of preparation. It was years of systems getting right. It was years of getting people there. It was years of saving money. It was years of tears and frustration. But there was something in the works. But I could have sabotaged it. All things, everything that I want to do in my life, everything you want to do in your life, you can do it. But it may not profit you. And don't get mad. Don't get mad at what happens when we do what we shouldn't. Don't get mad when the vision doesn't come to pass when we do something that wasn't profitable. We can do anything we want to do. So if I want to be debt free, what's the parameters? I got to stop going to Starbucks so much. You with me? Megan, um, we got, I'm just kidding, baby. I, lo- I saw you on the front row. That's my wife. I love you. I love, oh, Lord, I'm in trouble. All right. If I want to be more generous, maybe I need to lay off Burger King more times in a week. If I want to join a team, I need to commit that I'm going to be a part of the body of Christ. If I want a promotion at work, I need to lean into leadership and wisdom and professionalism. If I want to be more loving, I need to be less selfish. You with me? If I want to draw closer to God, maybe I need to open the Bible outside of Sunday mornings. If I want to get in shape, guess what? I need to go to the gym, and I need to sign up, and I need to make the financial commitment, and I need to go. Having the key tag don't do nothing. Just because they got a tanning bed and a massage bed in there. Come on, you know what I'm saying? Like, what are the parameters? And then it says, watch this. It says, where there is no vision, people do whatever they want, but happy is he. Happy is he who fulfills the law. Happy is he. Why are they happy when they fulfill the law? Who's not happy when they start to fulfill what God's asked them to do? Who's not? Everybody is. You know what? Pastoring is a difficult job. It's hard. You know, we had over 900 people come in this building over the past four, five services we had to celebrate Christmas. Come on, I think we need to celebrate that. Over 900 people walked in this room. I loved it, man. Like, let's go. Come on. That's tough. 
It's hard to run a ministry and a business. It's hard to run a ministry when everybody thinks they know how to do the ministry better than the person that's called to do the ministry. <laughs> that was a little, it's kind of a backhanded jab. No. It's, it's a tough job. There's times where I want to put my head through the sheetrock rather than do what I need to do. Like, I'm just being real with you. you y'all, y'all are in businesses. You're in jobs that you're, you're the same way. But every night I go to bed and every morning I wake up, I may be frustrated about things, but I'm fulfilled. And I'm happy. Watch this, watch this. I may be frustrated in relationships with people, but I go to bed happy because I'm in relationships with godly people. Because I'm connected to who God wants me connected to. Watch this. We're fulfilled and happy when we do what God's asked us to do because on the inside there's a void that is being fulfilled on the inside from God. And it's division. So, what in the world, I'm not pulling that bullseye dart off. I'm leaving that on there. I'm going to take a picture of it because I don't know if I've ever thrown a bullseye, to be quite honest. So what do we do to get vision? You can come on up, Pastor Mark. He's like, nah. <laughs> he's, y'all, he's like, I saw you throw. I ain't doing that. That would have been a good one. What, what do we do instead of just throwing darts and hoping that it hits something that matters? I want, I want to show you something. If Jeremiah chapter, chapter 1. Jeremiah chapter 1. Verses 11 and 12. My wife asked me the other day what my favorite verse in the Bible was. This is what I told her. This one right here. It says this. The word of the Lord came to me saying, What do you see, Jeremiah? And I said, I see, I see a rod of an, of an almond tree. Verse 12. Then the Lord said to me, You have seen well, for I'm watching over my word to perform it. See, the context is, is Jeremiah had just received a prophetic word of what his life was going to be like what he was called to do in this world, what he was called to do in this life. God comes to him after the prophetic word. I love it. After the word has been given through a prophet, then God says, hey, what do you see? In other words, hey, Jeremiah, what part of the board are you trying to hit? God, I really need that 18 right there. I missed. Watch this. If I needed 18 and I missed right here, I now know that I need to go up and to the right to hit 18. Some of us don't know how far we've missed it because we don't know what we're shooting for anyway. So I don't even know what to fix. And God goes, Jeremiah, you've seen well because you're seeing the same thing I'm seeing. And as long as you see what I'm seeing, Jeremiah, I will watch over my word and I will make sure that it is performed. In other words... Jeremiah, I need you to hit a bullseye. Jeremiah goes, I'm trying. He goes, well, as long as you see what I see, I'll guide the dart, and I'll put it right where it needs to go that won't stick. No, watch, for real. I'll take the dart, and I'll guide it. Prereq as it is, you got to keep your eyes on me. How do I find vision for my life? How do I know where I need to throw the, the dart? How do I know what I'm shooting at? God, what do you want me to see? Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 10, to close this whole thing up, says this. For we are his workmanship. That means God took time on you 
God intricately and delicately created you and wired you exactly the way that you need to be. Well, why did he do that? We are his workmanship created in Christ. Why? For good works. Don't you ever let somebody tell you that works that you do on this earth don't matter. That's a cop out to get out of doing anything good so we can just say I'm saved. I don't need to show anybody. He said, you are a workmanship. You have been delicately and intricately created in Christ for good works. For good works. Works won't save you. Only Jesus does that. But when I'm saved by Jesus, everything else should show it. Save for good works. Which God prepared beforehand. So before I ever breathed my first breath, God prepared the good works for me so that I would walk in them. And so that you'd walk in them. Why? He has vision he knows where we need to go he knows what we need to accomplish he doesn't need me to just throw it aboard he needs me to go God where do you want me to throw it and here's the beautiful thing just like darts the more you throw the better you get God is not concerned with how good you are right now God is only concerned with how willing you are Will we pick up the dart and see what he wants to see and at least take the shot? See, if we miss it, God goes, that's fine. Because if you miss it, I need you from 8 on 18. That's all right, you hit 8. I'll put you on 18. When I miss the spot, he can redeem it. He's not concerned with how good you are at it right now. He's concerned with how open you are. And are you willing willing so here how do I get vision how do I figure out what I need to do how do I figure out where I need to go how do I figure out what God wants in my life simple number one we start with a life in Christ I have to give my life to Christ accept his salvation and walk with him accept his forgiveness and understand that he gave his life so that I could have life that eternity doesn't start when I die eternity starts when I accept salvation eternity is now eternity is here how do I get what he sees? How do I walk in the vision he has for me? I give him my life. And then every day, God, what do you want me to see? What restraints do I need on my life to get where I need to go? Would you just bow your heads right where you are today? I'm going to pray over everybody. Maybe you're online and you want to pray this prayer of salvation. I'd love for you to pay attention to the instructions on the screen to accept salvation and have somebody pray with you. But if you're in the room right now and you're ready to give your life to Jesus, it's a new day, it's a new life. It's time to give him everything we've got. That's where it starts. Because he died so that you could live. Because he loves you that much. He's not concerned about how bad you're gonna be when you start throwing. He wants to help you get better. If that's you and you're ready to pray that prayer, would you just hold your hand up right where you are? I'd love nothing more than to pray salvation with you today so that you can join the 12 people that did it over Christmas. would love nothing more than that. Amen. We have a hand that has been raised. And here's the deal. At Radiate, we believe we're a family. And family does things together. And so I would love for our family to pray this prayer all together with one of our new family members and pray for forgiveness with them. Just repeat after me. Dear Jesus, thank you for loving me enough to give me life. 
I accept your forgiveness. I accept your sacrifice. And I give you my life. I want to walk hand in hand and arm in arm with you forever. Thank you for welcoming me into the family of God today. Can we make some noise for one person that gave their life to Jesus today? you prayed that, I'm going to pray over you and then we're going to give you a next step. But if you prayed that prayer today, your hand went up or you prayed that prayer in a minute, I just want to ask you to do something. Please don't, don't miss this. Stop by that next steps wall. We want to walk this out with you. We're not asking you to do it alone. We got resources for you. We got people for you. We want to help you. I'd love to pray over you one more time, every single person, as we give our lives to God and we ask God to give us vision. We're going to give you some next steps. Father, we honor you and we just thank you that we get to spend this time with you. Thank you for loving us. Thank you for vision that you have for us, purpose that you have for us. Thank you for the grace and the mercy that we have. Thank you. It's not about how good we are right now, but it's about our willingness to try. God, I pray that you would help us, that you teach us. God, that you put us in relationships with people that are going to hold us accountable. Give us the vision that you have for us. Let us see what you see so that we can walk with you. And Lord, we love you and we honor you in your name. Amen.